job, guys. Oh, you can be seated. I want you to take your Bibles with me. We're going to go two places tonight. Two places tonight. Uh, and as you're turning there, I'm going to give a couple of quick announcements. Let me go ahead and switch, Don. We're going to go to Jeremiah, the 12th chapter, and we're going to start there, and then we're going to go over to 1 Kings 18. But as you're turning there, uh, let me encourage the our single mothers. Uh, Savvy Sisterhood is going to meet at the Adcock home, and that's going to be July 23rd at 1 p.m. Also, uh, be sure to show up uh, Sunday as we celebrate those that are going to be water baptized. Amen. Amen. And there's still time. If you haven't filled out your uh, testimony and you'd like to participate in the cardboard testimony service, uh, you can find the slips out front or uh, you can find those. There's a QR code, I think, on the announcement if the guys pull that up or they can bring it up later. And so fill that out. We're going to have a great time. We're also going to serve, uh, have Friend Day. And so I want to ask you to sign up. We're going to have the cotton candy machine, and, and uh, we, we just purchased a, a snow cone machine uh, of our own, amen, a popcorn. And so we're going to have the bounce houses for the kids. It's going to be a great day of fun. And so if you'd like to help participate, just put your name on the list. Uh, the church is going to provide the pulled pork. We're going to have pulled pork sandwiches. We want you to bring all the sides and desserts and dishes to go along with that. Amen. I don't know about you, but I enjoy the, the fifth Sundays. Praise God. We can just go out and enjoy fellowship. And let me, let me just encourage you. Show up. Amen? Don't just, don't just, let's not just talk about it and celebrate it. Let's utilize it. Come in and find somebody to sit with. Sit across the table. Enjoy a meal and, and, and get to know that person. So don't make plans for the last Sunday of this month. Just make plans to be here. Amen? All right. I want you to take your Bibles. Let's look here. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for, for mercy. For mercy and grace. And Lord, I just ask today, tonight, Lord, that you would speak, not, God, not only to us, but through us, Lord. I just ask for the anointing of your Spirit. Holy Spirit, I welcome you. Holy Spirit, I welcome you. Holy Spirit, I just pray, Lord God, just begin to settle in this house, upon the hearts and the homes. Lord, just begin to rejuvenate. And Lord God, to retool. I believe you're retooling us in these days. I believe, Lord God, you're... you're you're just bringing us in, Lord God, to that intimate place, Lord God, to revitalize us. And, Lord, that we can step into the place and run this race that you have in front of us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Tonight, I want to talk to you about keeping pace in the race. Keeping pace in the race. Now, this message is for this crowd, those that may be listening this is not for the minimal effort folks. This is not for those that are just going to put in just enough to get by. This is for those that are running the race, those that are, that are out saying, God, use me. God, I, I don't want to just have the minimal effort. You know, when the Lord, uh, when Eleazar was there looking for a bride for Isaac, he went to the well. Uh, looking for the, his prayer, and I believe was impromptu by the Holy Spirit. His prayer was, was give me someone that will not only give me a drink of water, but water my camels as well. Do you know a camel can drink 150 gallons of water? You know how many treks she had to make down to, the, to there and get a bucket and bring it up and fill up that trough? It's not a, the Lord is not looking for the minimal effort, folks. 
He's looking for those that are in the race. He's looking for those that are all in. And so tonight I want to encourage you because many times we get all in and we're running in the race and we start losing heart. We start losing stamina. We, stop, we start losing endurance. And I'm not talking about the, the physicality necessarily as much as I'm talking about the mentality. And that's what we want to address because God's called us to do something beyond our ability and it's going to require him to accomplish it. Amen? So let's look here in Jeremiah 12, and <clears throat> if, if I turn this into a series, I won't read this each and every time, but I, I do want to launch from here. Uh, Jeremiah 12, and Jeremiah brings, maybe we won't call it a complaint, maybe a bit of concern about the condition of the nation he's living in. <laughs> so here in Jeremiah 1, it says, You, O Lord, I'm bringing, reading out the Amplified, you, O oh Lord, are uncompromisingly righteous and consistently just when I plead my case with you. Yet let me discuss issues of justice with you. <laughs> You're righteous, God, but I, I got some things I need to talk to you about. And the Lord's not scared of your, of, of your questions and even your concerns. Why has the way of the wicked prospered? Anybody ever asked that question? Why do they seem to be getting away with all of this lunacy? Why are those who deal in treachery, deceit, at ease? Why does it appear like they are thriving? You have planted them, and they have also taken root. They grow. They have even produced fruit. You were honored by their... You are honored by their hypocritical lips, but you are far from their heart and from their mind. But you, O Lord, know me and understand my devotion to you. <laughs> Anybody ever had that conversation with the Lord? You see my heart. You see what I'm, I'm trying to do, what I'm trying to accomplish, what I'm, I'm trying to endure. You see me. You examine the attitude of my heart toward you. Words the Lord is correcting him, showing him. Drag out the faithless like sheep for the slaughter. Maybe he's not feeling the heart of God just then. Let's just, let's just tear them up. Let's just slay them, O oh Lord. Set them apart for the day of slaughter. Let me, let me say to you folks, the world outside that seems to be losing their mind, they are not the enemy, they're the target. Amen? How long must the land mourn? The grass of the countryside wither because of the wickedness and the hypocrisy of those who live in it. The beasts and the birds are consumed and are swept away by the drought because men mocking me have said he will not live long enough to see what happens at our final end. Jeremiah is having a really bad day. <laughs> He's, he's, having, he's going through some challenges, and he's petitioning. He's bringing them before God, and he's, he's just, just bearing his heart before the Lord. And somewhere along the way, he wrote this down, and we're, we're getting to share in this. And so that tells us we're, we're not the only ones. Amen? Not the only ones that face a day that seems egregious, hard to bear. Not the only ones that step into a land that's filled with, with a lot of debauchery and hypocrisy. There's, 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 there's times and seasons where we see that even in history past that 
you, you have these elements that are taking place here. And so you see all of that and you think, well, Lord, you, you ought to step up and just, just give them what for. Amen? You know, the old throat punch or whatever. You know, just, just really, not, you know, drag them out and just start slaughtering them, Lord. That would be a good, good plan. But the Lord's response comes back to Jeremiah, and this is what I want to pick up on. I want to read in a couple of different verses, but versions, but in the first one is, is the Amplified again. This is God's response. The Lord rebukes Jeremiah for his impatient saying. If you have raced with men on foot, they have tired you out. And how can you compete with the horses? If you fall down in a land of peace where you're feeling secure, then how will you do among the lions in the flooded thickets beside the Jordan? In the NASB, it calls the footmen uh, soldiers, basically, infantrymen. And then it talks about in, in the message version there, it talks about the Jordan being in, in floodwaters. But he's saying his response was, you're running with the footmen, with the soldiers. You're, you're running alongside of them, and you can't keep pace. In fact, you're not running in, in, the, in the land that is difficult, though we heard the difficulty he's facing. We think, could he get much worse? And so he's, he's running this, this, this race, and he's saying, you're not able to keep up. You're not able to keep up with the footmen. Then the Lord said, how are you going to run with the horses? What? What? You, you First off, I'm running with the footmen and I can't keep up, but now you're saying and you're calling me out on this and saying, I, I've got to not only run, Jeremiah's not only going to run with the footmen, but you're going to have the strength to run with the horses. I don't know about you, but I don't always like the Lord's responses. <laughs> I'm tired now, and you're telling me I've got to do more? He said, you're getting weary when you're living in a land that's secure. You're living where everything is familiar. You're living where it's, it's easy to run. But what are you going to do when you get in the thicket and when it gets hard and the lions are there ready to devour you and the floodplains have lifted and you're going to have to trudge? In other words, you think it's hard now? Stick around. And folks, I say to you, I believe, and you've heard me say this before, I believe playtime in the church is over. I got three of you with me, so I'm going to turn over here and see if I get some. The, the playtime in church is over. But see, there's going to have to have, we're going to, if God is calling us to do something, if he's going to tell us to run with the horses, then he's not going to ask us to do something he doesn't give us the power to do. And that's where we, we lean into reliance upon the Holy Spirit. We don't run from the battle, we run to the battle in the strength of God. We don't run from the task, and like I said, this is not for the... This, as I've heard it said before, God will go with the goers, he will do with the doers, but he won't set with the setters. This is for the runners, not the sunners. 
The runners are out there running the race. The sunners are out there trying to find a shade, critiquing the ones that are running. Come on. This, this, it's not where we, we, this is not a spectator sport, folks. We need players in the game. We need the body of Christ functioning in the area that they need to function, in the calling and the purpose and the passion that God has instilled inside of them. But, oh, my God, look at the landscape. Lord, how do we do this? And it can only be by the strength of God. So how do I... Keep pace in the race. How do I keep pace in the race? Now, we've got a couple of people you may not know. I won't call them out. Kevin Bruckus and Caitlin Keyes. But anyway, <laughs> these, these guys, are they are ultra-marathoners. They've run ultra-marathons, not just the short 26-mile, but, you know, 90 to 100 miles. And so I told him, I told Caitlin, I said, you can publicly rebuke me if I say something wrong here. But as we think about setting the pace, in the marathons, they will have, in fact, people earn wages, thousands of dollars a year doing this. They will actually enter into a marathon and be paid to enter that marathon, and they will be the ones running, not to win the race, they'll be the ones setting the pace. Sometimes they call them pacemakers. Sometimes they call them pace setters or pacers. And sometimes they just call them the rabbit. And so the, what, is, what it, they're there for is to help the runners. A lot of times they're hired by individuals so that they can help them set the pace so they can break individual goals that they have for time setting. But a lot of times... They will, they will be hired in order that they can run the race to break the records by showing them what pace they need to set. But they are there to, to help the runners when they're running. To, because many times you get in a race, and I have the only race, that the longest race I ran was two miles, and that was in high school. But we get so excited running two miles, and we'll take off. And, you know, the, the guys in the front, they'll just bolt out of there, and you just try to keep up with them. And by the time you hit that first mile, you're so winded because you have sprinted. You didn't pace yourself. And then this little guy from, comes out of nowhere from behind and laps us all because we're over here nearly getting sick because we took off too fast. We didn't set the pace. So... We got sucked into the, into just making a, the marathon, a, or the, the the longer distance run. I wouldn't call it a marathon. I'm sorry. I mean, I've insulted those that just get warmed up at two miles, but I approach you with all humility because what we see is that is that they take off running and then and then they 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 lose endurance. Now. When God's setting the pace for our good, for the purpose of his kingdom, and don't, don't even begin to think that he's for hire. <laughs> we, we don't hire God, the Holy Spirit, out to set the pace of our race. We're running on his behest. We're running for his reward. We're running not only for him, we're running with him. 
and he's the one setting the pace, and he wants to set a pace such that it will cause us to have endurance. It's going to cause us to have the energy level that we need. It's going to cause us. Now, get out of your mind, especially my elder crowd that's out there. I'm not talking about a physicality. I'm talking about a mentality. I'm talking about running till you get to the end. Amen? There's a strength that's beyond your strength. So here God is just been laying on my heart. I'm, I'm setting a pace for my house. I'm setting a pace for my house. And they won't run the race without me. The ones that run the race without God will surely become weary and they will run out of steam and they will not be able to accomplish what God wants to accomplish in the days that we're living. The Lord is going to do great things in this house if we will partner with him. And I preface what I just said, and I mean it tonight. He will do great things in this house if we will partner with him. You can't do it without him. You can only do it with him. So I'm not just preaching this to you. I'm, I'm asking God the same questions. Lord, how do I walk in stamina and endurance to accomplish what you want to accomplish. So we're going we're gonna to start here in 1 Kings 18 or continue on. And we're going to, I don't think I'm going to get too terribly far, but we'll, we'll get the start of this anyway. Keeping the pace in the race. Now here's 1 Kings 18, we're going to start in verse 41. Now before we do, just a backdrop. You know the story, and if you don't, just back up. It's a very exciting story. It's a supernatural occurrence where we see that Elijah challenges the prophets of that day. He, he reestablishes the altar, pulls a stone out for uh, 12 stones, which for each tribe of the children of Israel, and sets them in place, puts the, puts the sacrifice in order, pours water upon that three separate times, and and calls upon the Almighty God, and he puts he causes fire to fall down, and it consumes the sacrifice. and And if you've missed that message in this house, let me just say to you, it was at the time of the evening sacrifice, uh, which is the very time when Christ uh, had died and given given Himself as the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. And so, it's we're supposed to understand that is a link together. And with the Holy Spirit's ministry, as the Holy Spirit is represented in fire, is his ministry is to illuminate the sacrifice of Christ. Uh, if we want the power of God in the house of God, we've got to illuminate the sacrifice of Christ. And so there had been a drought in the land for three and a half years. And now here is Elijah. He goes up to the top of the Mount Carmel, and he is told his servant to go look out on the great sea, the Mediterranean Sea, about nine miles away, and he is waiting on an outpouring. So Elijah said to Ahab in verse 41, Go up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of an abundance of rain. Now understand, there's not a cloud in the sky. Not a single cloud in the sky as of yet. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. 
Then he bowed down on the ground, put his face between his knees, and said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up, being the servant, and looked and said, There's nothing. And seven times he said, Go again. Do you see anything? Nope. Go again. See anything? Nope. Go again. Must have been a very clear day with no clouds in the sky. The sun's shining bright in the land of Israel and the land of Judah. And he's looking out on the sea across this top of this Mount Carmel. And seven times, nothing. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, There is a cloud. There's a cloud. There's a cloud. It's as small as a man's hand. And it's, it's rising out of the sea. So he said, go up. That's all I need to know. Go up, say to Ahab. Prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah. He girded up his loins and he ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Now, do you realize Ahab's in a chariot? We had the privilege of standing on that Mount Carmel just a few months ago. What a sight to see, man, the top of Mount Carmel, and you can look out, even on a, on a bit of a cloudy day, and you can see the sea that is out there. And I've just, I just can't help, as I even read the stories again, or think about it, just what must have happened when he was standing up there, and he was knelt down. He wasn't looking at the horizon. He wasn't looking out there, but... The Lord had already given him the, the, the thundering and the sound of abundance rain. How do you know when there's going to be an abundance of rain? There's going to be a clap of thunder. There's going to be some eruption in the, in the heavens. Amen? So he's already hearing this, uh, not in the physical, but in the spiritual. He's got ears to hear. He is hearing what the Spirit wants to do in that day. Because God called him to that altar to call fire down. And now he is waiting and he is hearing, I hear the abundance of rain that's going to pour out upon the earth. Now it's interesting to me as I was looking at this. I was looking at, and, and if Google can't tell me, I usually don't even know. But I, I wanted to know how far a human eye, without any, any apparatus or just, I put in a, 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 with a naked eye, how far can you see? And according to Google, right or wrong, you could ask Siri, maybe Siri knows more than Google, but you can see three miles. Three miles you can see. Now, if there's something, a structure or something setting out there, like a skyscraper or whatever, you could, you could see that. But, but looking on the horizon, you start to lose focus after three miles because of the, because of the earth and, and because of the circumference of the earth, and, and you lose it in the horizon. From the top of Mount Carmel to the sea is nine miles. Now, you can see the sea. 
But in order to see that cloud size of a man's hand, he got, he's got to have some vision. Amen? I think we got to have some vision, don't you? To see what God's doing in the last days. We've got we to gotta have some vision. Now, as we look at this, we're going we're gonna to tie some things together here. Go with me to Acts, the first chapter. Now, notice we got famine on the land for three and a half years. Fire has been called down upon the altar. Elijah, they, he has slain the, the prophets of 850 prophets, 400 of Baal and 450 of Asheroth. And so they've been wiped out. He's, he's standing there. He's, he's knelt down. He's got his face in his, in his knees. His servant keeps looking out, looking out, looking out. And then they get the cloud. And once they see the cloud rising up, now he knows it's time for an outpouring. So he tells Ahab, get in your chariot and get home. Now, there's a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. I want you to look at this in, in verse 8. Because we've been asking, how do we keep pace in the race? This is the Lord telling the disciples his final instruction before he goes and sits down at the Father's right hand. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Now when he, he had spoken these things, while they watched, look at this. He was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Verse 11, who also said, Men of Galilee, why stand you here gazing into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in like manner as you saw him go to heaven. So what we see here is that Jesus rose up in a cloud. Do you see the parallel? Elijah watched the, out of the sea. He sees a cloud rising up. And when the cloud rose up in Elijah's day, there was an abundance of rain that began to fall down from heaven as the cloud rose from the earth, it began to descend upon the earth. The, the rain began to descend as the cloud went up. I say to you that this is a parallel between Elijah's day and the, the day that the disciples were there in Jerusalem when the Lord said, go wait in the upper room until you be endued with power from on high and you start doing things that you were not capable of doing before because there is a cloud that's going to rise up into heaven and when that cloud rises up into heaven, there will be an abundance that will be poured out as a result of that. Amen? So you say, how in the world am I going to keep pace in this race? We're going to do so not by might nor by our own power, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. So as we see, this word power is a beautiful word, dudamus, dudamus. It means ability, power, and strength, miraculous power. It means a force, a might, and ability. It's the ability to perform. 
When we are baptized in the Spirit, we are baptized in the power of God. We're baptized in the strength of God. But we're also baptized in the ability of God. And see, what we couldn't do before, we can do now, not by our own strength, but by the strength of God. To do what? See, there was a, there was a massive, massive, monumental, magnificent task that the disciples had to accomplish. And that was to bring the gospel to all nations. Is to express what uh, the, the cross actually means to every single individual. But Jesus Christ.
hyena and been the perpetrators of people coming into bondage. Do you think that they're really going to get away with it? My God in heaven, it is time, church, to let the power of the Holy Spirit Break the hold. Let it begin in the house of God. Let those, let those spirits be broken. How can we see a world delivered from the sin that we are participating in? I don't know if you can tell, but I'm a little bit passionate about this. Because I just don't think it's... We need to get real. Amen? We need to get real with where we're living. Stop trying to deliver those out of some sort of house in some other country or some other city when your own house is living in bondage because you're staying up late looking at things you need to, you need to close off. And the time those doors close, do it now while there's opportunity to repent. Don't wait until the day that judgment comes to your house because you don't want to pay that price. You don't. If you're caught in that struggle, I know it's a struggle. If you're caught in that bondage, there is a power that you can overcome. His name is Jesus, and he will impart to you the helper that will help you to overcome in those areas. You can't continue in sin and expect that the world is going to go free. We can't preach series of freedom in the house of God while we remain in bondage in our own mind and our own mentality. It is time to come out. Amen? I don't know where that came from, but it just came okay. See, Elijah said, I hear the sound of an abundance around me. Jesus said, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy but I've come to give you life more abundantly. What happened when Jesus ascended into heaven? The abundance of rain began to fall in the person of the Holy Spirit. More than, more than enough. More than, more than enough. I, I believe Elijah, he had to be more than just a, just, he had to be agile. Because to get from Mount Carmel to Jezreel, there's a lot of twisting and turning hills and valleys and, and, and rivers. <laughs> 26 miles. 26 miles he had to run. He's the, the first marathon runner. He's, he's run, I know, in Greek time, Olympians. They, they run <laughs> those distances. And, but here is Elijah. I don't know if he's been conditioned or not I don't know but man he takes off by the power of the Holy Spirit and he runs at chariot speed faster than chariot speed with endurance and he beats Ahab to the city of Jezreel how did he do that he did that by the power of the Holy Spirit <laughs> that's what we're supposed to pick up on that word abundance there abundantly that Jesus said that he came to give us it's more than more than enough. It is exceeding, abundant, above all we can ask or think. It is beyond measure the things that God wants to do. He's not looking for ability, church. He's looking for availability. He's looking for someone to say, yeah, I'll put my hand to the plow. 
and I will stay in the heat of the day. I will look to the end of the row. I'll keep the vision, Lord God, that you have. I will go the distance that you want me to go. And I won't do it by my own strength. I'll do it by the strength of God. I'm gonna, I want to see, folks, with all of my heart, I want to see this generation that has been so bombarded and blasted and told what they are not. I want to see them delivered by the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to see God reach into the schools and begin to raise up some prophets and some teachers and preachers. I want to see your children and grandchildren dwarf anything you ever thought you could do in the kingdom of God. I want to see the power of God begin to move in this house so that our children... Playtime, folks. For the sake of our children, it's over. There's got to be something more than I can offer. There's got to be something more than you can offer. It's got to be us offering ourselves to God and say, God, you can do this. Lord, I'm partnering with you to get this done. How am I going to keep the pace in the race? I'm going to do so by running with God. I want you to notice something. Wow, that was fast. I want you to... Elijah girded up his loins. I mean, what does that mean? He, you know, they wear the robes and he would he pulled the thing up and he tied it together so he could run. He didn't say he put on a backpack. Didn't say that he was pulling a chariot or didn't say he picked somebody up and ran with them. He got himself ready and he took off. He took off. This is the first step in keeping pace in the race. Let go of the burdens you don't need to be carrying so that you can run. Anybody ever watch Usain Bolt run in the Olympics? I like watching the Olympics. Y'all remember him? Usain Bolt, the Jamaican runner, fastest man on earth. You remember? Three Olympians, eight medals total. Nobody keep up with him. Paul dude just... I mean, Bolt, what a good, what a good name for him. It was like prophetic over his just, you say, I, I would say insane Bolt. He was so fast, a wonder to watch. But I've I seen his workout one time as they were interviewing him in, in one of the Olympic, uh, Olympics, and, and, and he's there, and he's got these weights. I mean, it's like a, like a car engine or something behind him in this flat field, and He's out in Jamaica, and he's in just this dirt, this dirt road or dirt pasture, and he's got it hooked up to him, and, and he's get, working on his starting, and he takes off running, and it's like, I, I guarantee you, he would beat me by a country mile, even with the weights on behind him. He'd just take off running, and he would drag that sled full of those weights, whatever distance, then he would turn it around, and he'd run back the other way. I was like, good night. But when he stepped on that starting block, when he went into the race, he didn't have any weights on him. That was just the conditioning for the race. <laughs> 
He's going into the race, but you can't race with those weights sitting on you. You, you got to learn how to let the weights go and take off running by the. You got to learn what burdens you need to carry. You need to learn what burdens you need to carry, and you need to learn what burdens you need to let go. See, there's a good kind of burden and there's a bad kind of burden. But the Lord said, my burden, my yoke is easy. And being connected to me, the Lord said, it's easy. It's easy to be walking along with me because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you with the load. I'm going to help you carry what you need to carry. I'm going to help you to let go with what you need to let go with. My yoke is easy and my burden, we didn't get rid of the burden, but the burden is, is light. And when the burden's light, the burden's right. Amen? Because you're not carrying other burdens that are not yours. See, I can't make your choices. If I try to start making your choices, it becomes cultic, it becomes domineering, and it becomes a burden to me that I am not meant to bear. But let me tell you, as a minister of the gospel, I'm only here to give you a choice. Choose him or choose yourself. Choose God's strength or your own strength. Choose down low power or up high power. Choose your method or choose God's method. Choose what you want to do. Hook into the power and let God's spirit begin to operate in you. Or you just keep doing what it is you're doing. And we'll see who gets to the end. Amen? So, first step in the pace of the race is you've got to let go of the burdens that are not yours to carry. Living in a dysfunctional home where everybody, what does it mean to be dysfunctional? It's not functioning properly. It's in disarray. Abuse, neglect, insanity, you name it, we had it. So what can happen is you can develop a codependent stronghold. Codependent stronghold. What is codependence? It's not a person connecting to another person saying, oh, I've got to have you, I've got to have you. No, it's not, it's not that. Codependence means that you're trying to normalize someone else's dysfunction by allowing them to make all the choices they want to make, and you're trying to normalize it by taking all the responsibility on yourself. What is that? It's burdens you're not meant to carry. And it doesn't matter how many good choices you make, it cannot offset the bad choices that the other person makes. Unfortunately, life doesn't always deal us a fair hand. But even in the midst of that, when we trust in the Lord, it is the Lord that enables us by His power and strength, by partnering with Him, to start making right choices and better choices. But one thing you cannot do and continue to be motivated to make that journey, it will wear you out. You will be so overburdened because you're carrying all the weight of the world on your shoulders, feeling like it's your responsibility. You have to fix them. You have to correct them. No, you do not. All you are there to do is being a witness to them of what they could have, what they should have, and who Jesus Christ really is. 
So if that was only for one tonight, take hold of it and realize. Now, if you're a person who's constantly blaming others for your plight, for your condition and position, then you need to back up and look at your life for what it is. Stop looking for an escape hatch in somebody else because you're not taking responsibility. You've got to take responsibility for wherever you're at and whatever you're going through. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not telling you what they did to you was right. I'm not justifying their behavior by no means. But what I'm saying to you is the Word of God is true. And the Word of God declares that no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Because they cannot stand before Jesus. So no one can stop you from the victory God has in store for you. No one can derail you from your race. No one can stop you from keeping pace. You have the ability through the power of God. And if you feel yourself, and we're going to get into this deeper. Because I need to know. Lord, where do I get the strength? Where do I get the endurance to do what it is you're calling me to do? I'm, I'm saying this honestly. God, I, I want the strength and the endurance to finish this race and to reach as many as I possibly can to see the church reaching into the community, into the darkness, and pulling out those prisoners of darkness into the marvelous light of God. We can't do it by ourselves. We can have spiritual ears to hear. We can have spiritual eyes to see. But we've got to have spiritual strength to run. We've got to have the strength of God. The Spirit of the Lord came on him. And he took off. Usain Bolt, you might be a sprinter, but you can't keep up with this marathon running spirit man. Because he's gone. It's not by might, nor by power. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. Stand with me. My yoke is easy and my burden, the Lord says, is light. Get to know we've all fallen prey to this. Get so weighted down by the burden that we start losing steps in the race. Get so weighted down by the cares of this life that we start losing stamina. I'm not talking about physicality, church. I'm talking about a mentality. You know, there's nothing refreshes, and we'll probably be part of our series here. I'm just getting a series as I'm talking to you. You know, part of the refreshing is worship. Part of the refreshing is thankfulness. Part of the waiting is just, just basking in the presence of God. I heard a minister, I read a minister that's around the 1800s. He said, I've got so much to do today. He was had a world ministry that reached out throughout the entirety of the world and I guess that's what a world ministry is. But he, uh, 
He said, I've got so much time, so much to do today, I must spend the first three hours in prayer. What was he doing? He wasn't earning anything. He was just drawing, breathing in the strength for the journey. See, that vision God has given you is a big vision. That purpose God has given you is a big purpose. Those desires didn't originate from you. But it's going to take God to accomplish it. Father, we love you. We thank you. I'm going to ask you to do something tonight. Worship team, guys, make it up, if you will. If you're in this house tonight and you're like, man, if I ever needed a message, and if you're coming to the stage and you need to be in the altar, just come to the altar. But if you're in this house tonight and say, man, I've, I've, I need what you're talking about. I need, I need that endurance. I need that refreshing of the spirit. You found yourself, <laughs> you found yourself losing steam. Could it be the burdens that you're carrying that you need to let go of? If that's you tonight, come on. Come on. We need you in the race. There are those that need you in the race. Go ahead and just start playing, guys. They need you in the race right now. If that's you, I want you to come. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let's, let's, let's find the refreshing we need right here. Come on. Come on. Let's, let's just find a place. Amen. God's moving. Come on. If you're in this house tonight and you say, I, I've got to have, i got to have some refreshing tonight of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Um, Shelba, let's sing that song, Shelba. Sing that second song. Is that all right? Is that the one you got? Come on. Come on, folks. Lift your hands to the Lord. If that's you tonight and you're like, I'm, I don't feel the need to come down there, but I, I just need, I need the refreshing you're talking about because God's got something in store. Just lift your hands right now. The Lord sees where you're at. He sees where you're at right now. Come on, Father, we thank you. Father, we love you.
Just lift your hands and receive tonight. Father, we ask, Almighty God, that you would release, Lord God, the wind of your spirit. Release the wind of your spirit, Lord God. Lord, we'll raise the sails, Lord God. But Lord, we're dead in the water without the wind. Lord, we're going to lose a generation, God, if you don't come. Lord, let the wind begin to blow on the top, Lord God, of the mulberry trees, oh Lord God. Lord, we, we're just waiting in anticipation, Lord God. Let the glory of the Spirit of the Lord just begin to move in such an awesome and mighty way, Lord God. Lord, I know the enemy has reared his head, Lord God. He's risen up against the physical body of many of our believers. Lord, I, I pray, God, that you would restore, God, and heal and set free. That, Lord, oh, my God, he's come after the breath, oh, Lord God, but he can't stop the breath of God. It's the breath of God that will take the Red Sea and push it out of the way. It's the breath of God that will cause the Jordan to open up all the way back to Adam. And it's the breath of God that will go before us to strike fear in the hearts of the enemy, Lord God. Lord, it'll be the breath of God that begins to, Lord, breathe out upon those who are dead and cause them to begin to rise up, Lord God. Lord, we're looking on a valley, Father God. And, Lord, the bones have come together. Sin, Lord God, and Lord, skin and sinew have come together, Lord. They are covered, but, my God, they are dead without the breath. Lord God, we pray for the breath. We welcome the breath of God to begin to breathe upon those who are slain. Lord God, those that are laying in that valley of death in despair, where there's no hope, God, where hope has been removed. In the name of the living God, begin to breathe, breathe, God. Lord God, as you breathe out, we'll breathe in, and you breathe out, and we'll breathe in. And Lord, my God, we will see the miracle-working power of God. And Lord, my God, a witness of your spirit, Lord, I'm asking in your name, Almighty God, let life begin to rise up in the heart. Let life begin to rise up. Eyes begin to open, Lord God. Lord, strength begin to return, Lord God. Restoration, Lord, you promised Israel you'd bring her out of her graves. Lord God, we believe that same promise holds true for the church. Lord God, you'll bring us out of our graves into the place of promise, Lord. Oh, merciful God, we ask it in your name, believing to night at the breath of Almighty God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. We're going to let those continue as long as they need in these altars tonight, but ushers are going to make their way to the back. Tonight, our emphasis is going to be upon the children's home. We took up an offering on Sunday. We'll take up an offering tonight, and this offering tonight will go help uh, kids at Pleasant Hills Children's Home get school clothes for this coming year. There's 45 children in this in this home and uh, Faith Yek, the Lord laid upon her heart to go raise $150 per child. It's about that close to finishing, so let's go ahead and push it over the top. I know many of you gave Sunday. If you were, were not, weren't prepared, I pray to be prepared tonight. Let's, let's do something, amen, and let's go ahead and push this over the top. Ushers are at the back. Father, we just thank you, Lord God, Lord, for the, for Lord, this home, God, for these displaced children, Lord, that Lord God, that have been brought into a safe place so that they may receive, Lord God, the shelter, protection, and the love of the Lord and their house parents. And I just pray, God, that you would just bless them. Let them just feel the blessing of God as, Lord, they go and they, many of them will purchase new school clothes for the first time. I just pray, God, that you'll bless these babies and 
Lord, we just thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to give. And Lord, I just pray that you'll raise them up, Lord God. And Lord, put back everything that was stolen from them. And Lord, restore to them, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We love and appreciate you. See you Saturday morning.